Welcome to How to Build a Tent, a podcast on how to make you successful. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening, sharing the show, tagging a friend, following us on the social media sites, subscribing, and being a part of our network, the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. I have just been sending out mugs like crazy. I really appreciate it. That is so encouraging for me and for the rest of the guys. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to see what God is doing with the network. And how you guys can be a part of it is going over to fightlaughfeast.com. Put in HTBT in the memo field. You'll get this sweet mug. And I think they're giving away some, um, uh, I don't know what they're getting, some pint glasses, I think it is. I haven't really had a chance, honestly, to listen to Cross Politic of late because I've been doing all this moving stuff and starting businesses and things like that. I've been traveling for business and, you know, life gets gets uh, busy and whatnot, but I have caught up on all my how to build a tent emails and direct messages. So if you want to start flooding the uh, channels again, you can find me Matt at howtobuildatent.com for email. You can look me up on all the social media sites, including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think that's about it. Twitter, how to build a tent. Love to hear from you, and I just thank you for all the people that have subscribed, especially on YouTube, trying to get that channel up and going. We have so much to talk about today. I mean, yesterday we had the Federal Reserve uh, Chairman Powell go in front of the House, which is just very interesting. I got to watch the whole thing and I had some takeaways from that that we'll get into in a little bit. We're going to talk about how we need to be more like the Swiss as a country. We really do. And I'm not just talking about, I'm not just, I'm not talking at all about universal health care. I'm not talking about the high taxes, but one specific area where we can agree with the left that we need to be more like the Swiss. And then we're going to talk also about why millennials are so freaking poor and how that you can be successful as well. So those are what the topics that I want to talk about today. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Um, no, sorry, it's a little hectic. I got all my household goods today. And we got a lot of things going on. So with that, we'll just get right to it. So Chairman Powell came and did everything but say it outright that rates are going to be raised. Now the question isn't the question is will the rates be raised in July? But how much will it be a quarter point, half a point? Uh, we'll see. And I think it's going to be a quarter. There's no way they're going to do half. That would be a, that'd be crazy. And it's interesting because he said, what did he say? Crosswinds. I almost said trade winds from my Hawaiian roots. There's a lot of crosswinds going on. There's And the two big points that they were talking about was getting inflation to that 2% level. And then also with the trade war and the tariffs and all of those two things coming together. But he said the economy is fairly strong. And he also said that one of the things that's very interesting, he would say that like the job market is actually really good, that there are positions to be filled that employers can't find to fill the jobs because just people don't have the skills, which is an indictment on our education system and our just our culture for not being able to rise to the occasion and do the work that is needed. And he said the only interesting thing about the employee employment you know, area is that wages aren't really going up that high, which is kind of an interesting one to think about. I think he did a really good job about, of not really stepping out of his lane. He said that many times. And of course, the politicians always try to get them to 
or the people that are testifying to kind of go over to their political side. He did a really good job, in my opinion, on staying neutral. He definitely was against the gold, the gold standard. And some, a Democrat asked him about that because one of the nominees that Trump uh, put forward is somebody who believes we should go back to the gold standard. That's really honestly one that is, I don't under, like, I heard an argument today about how it's a good thing. Like, obviously it can't be exactly like the true gold standard because it's just how much cash is out there today. But there's a good argument for it because it will limit the amount of money that the government can spend, which is something we'll talk about in a little bit. But gold in and of itself isn't of any value any more than paper is. It's just that we've come together to agree upon it being valuable for whatever reason. Now, I guess there might be some, I don't even know, like is gold used in products to be developed like other rare materials and things like that? I don't know. I know like silver is sometimes used and other kinds of precious metals. Anyways, uh, you said some things about that. One of the interesting things though is people kept trying to push him on the minimum wage being raised and he just wouldn't comment on it, which is interesting to me because as an economist, isn't that like a no-brainer? And what he said is, well, he did say that, you know, if you raise minimum wage, people are going to lose jobs and some people are going to make more money that keep the jobs. And he said, I'm going to leave it to you guys to decide what is right for the country, which is very interesting to me. I, I've heard a lot of good arguments of why we need to have uh, entry-level jobs that pay minimum that pay like whatever the market has and that we need to do away with the minimum wage but I've yet to f really see an argument about why it is good to raise wages you see when you don't have a minimum wage more people can be employed and it and allows employers to employ more people which opens up positions for first-time jobs which is necessary for people to learn skills. And one of the big issues that we have today is we don't know soft skills, and you get that from jobs and learning how to interact with people, learning about customer service, learning how to deal with managers, things like communication, and all that good stuff that you get in a first entry-level job. And when you raise minimum wage, you're hurting all those people that need the experience that aren't gonna be able to get it, or the people are gonna get it in a fewer, only a few of those people are going to get it. Now, you might be saying, what, how can you live on that? These jobs are not meant to let people live on those wages. And what's only, the only thing that's going to happen is prices are going to come up because that's, whatever, that's what happens in price controlling and that's what minimum wage is. It's price control. Inflation, well, I don't know if inflation is going to happen, but the, people, the companies are going to either charge more, lay off people, and invest in automation. And those people, most likely, those entry-level jobs, of people that shouldn't be in entry-level jobs that are poor, that just have, for whatever reason, are in those positions that can't move up. They are going to have all their costs go up as well because a lot of those people that work at those fast food joints and things like that eat at fast food places, which all those prices are gonna go up. So it's really self-defeating in a lot of ways and it's taken away from our young people who need to get that entry-level experience, which is a very sad thing. But I found it really interesting that he did not talk about that much at all and another just kind of perspective i had it seemed like really the democrats were trying to get a talking point they were really trying to be political and fish for something to leverage against trump in this next presidential election it seems like they were really going for sound bites 
opposed to the Republicans, which seemed like they kind of knew the financial, they talked more finance to me, they talked more economics, and it seemed like they kind of just had a better grasp on the topics, and they were kind of really just pointing out all of the things the House is proposing to pass and why they'd be a bad thing from an economic perspective. Now, I know the Republicans are political, and they're making political speeches, and they're presenting themselves as you know, and in a political way to make themselves look better. Totally get that. I'm just saying that's what it like looked like to me. AOC, uh, she, I don't know, you know, AOC. I kind of forgot she was even on one of the committees, so it was like it was like exciting that she, I was going to see her ask some questions, but she didn't seem to, you know, she just seems like she was reading questions that the staffers gave her to, which honestly most of them probably are doing. I don't know. I'm not a politician. Never been to the Senate. But I just thought that was really interesting and funny. Now, what was the other thing? Okay, so the crosswinds were inflation that is needs to be up to 2%, and which was interesting because we haven't had 2% inflation in a long time. And, and that is another signal to me that they are going to be lowering rates because when you lower rates, hopefully the economy starts going faster and inflation starts kicking up to 2%. And I don't even know if we're ever going to get to 2%. That'll be really interesting to see. As long as we are the cash, the world reserve, or global economy, I think I think inflation is going to stay uh, kind of down for a while. So it'll be interesting to see what policy uh, policy comes out of the Fed for that. And the, the, another interesting thing that Powell talked about was he did mention and warn against the long term effects of having so much debt. And they talked a lot about, you know, countries where, well, if you have a lot of debt, then, and man, inflation can happen. And then you like take, well, Japan has a higher debt to GDP ratio than we do. And they have no inflation whatsoever. They're in, on the other end of the boat where they're, tr they're like having, uh, I wouldn't even say it's stagflation. Honestly, I think it's just kind of like, just not come rising at all. Um, but he did warn against that, which was an interesting because that is kind of going out out of it, not going out of his lane, I guess, but really kind of going to political where the conservatives are going to jump on that. Um, but a lot of people were like saying patting his back too and like kind of reinforcing that Trump can't fire him, which I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not an expert in that. But so that was kind of what was going on in the testimony today with the House. I thought it was pretty interesting to listen to i thought he did a good job pal did a good job i think we can definitely expect those interest rates to be dropped which is good because the markets were definitely expecting it and if we didn't get that we would have been in a lot of trouble so we have this really interesting time if you haven't been in the stock market it might be a good time to get in because the economy is doing well and the fed is going to be lowering rates which the markets love. And it's not because of the economy in the United States doing terribly. It's because of the fears of other markets doing terribly around the world, uh, inflation needing to be pumped up to 2%, and then the trade war with China, which I'm, okay, it's going to be volatile because there's going to be a lot of things that happen in this trade war. Although it seems like there's some steps that have been taken right now to get things back on track, but you might get a little volatile. Uh, but the economy is going well, and there's going to be good opportunities to buy because of this volatility. So do your research, look for those solid companies that you understand, and uh, maybe just try it out if you haven't tried it out. Robinhood is still a good app. 
you haven't checked that out, if you want me to send, if you want me to send you a link, reach out to me. You'll get a free stock for it. I don't put it on the show notes anymore, but uh, if you want a free stock and sign up and give it a try, just uh, give me an email or shoot me a direct message, and I'll send you that link. You'll get a free app. I mean, free app, not a free app. You'll get a free stock. Now I forgot where I read this. Or, yeah, it was an article I read. I believe it was in Market Watch. It could have been Bloom. No, it wasn't in Bloomberg. It was, I mean, it was probably, I think, in Market Watch. It was talking about the Swiss and how they've balanced their budget, which I thought was amazing. I didn't know they had this. They have like a debt trigger where it is a constitutional trigger where if in one business cycle, they have to have a balanced budget. And there's like some lax rules where if like there's a recession going on or a contraction going on that you could have more debt to kind of help stimulate the economy and then when there's a boom happening then they need to have a somewhat of a surplus but they have to balance their budgets and they cut spending from 49 percent to 30 percent to do it i just didn't even know that could happen coming from america and seeing how terribly we overspend it's a disaster but it's because it's not easy for them to do and it's very straightforward people understand it in america it's very complex complex there's not a constitutional amendment so the politicians can just do things in the dark that no one's really going to comprehend and they get away with all this extra spending and raising the debt ceiling every time which again they're going to be raising the debt ceiling which again pal talked about that as well and how that'd be devastating which obviously it is even conservatives who don't believe that we should be spending this much think that we should pay our bills. So obviously we're not going to default on our debt. That would put us in a big world depression. If the United States couldn't be trusted anymore, the whole world would collapse economically. That is for sure. But that is something that we can get behind. Like, hey, all you um, Bernie Sanders liberal supporters who say we need to be more like the Scandinavian countries. Like, I can get on board with this. How about we put a pass a constitutional amendment where we have to balance our budget? You wouldn't think they would be able to do that with all their social programs and their high taxes. But apparently they figured out how to do it. And maybe we should learn some lessons from that as well. Maybe Trump will try to do that in a second term. What do you think? I don't know. This next report I read, which was really sad. It was talking about millennials and why they're not so successful. And the big reason why, or one of the reasons why they were able to isolate it too, is more millennials are having children before they get married. And I pause there for a second because it's really important for us to think about this from the higher perspective. And I mean higher, not like Oh, holy, you're on high, but like from a totalitarian perspective, not totalitarian, a total overview perspective is what I'm trying to say, and how valuable it is to obey God. And in, some of you are probably listening that aren't Christians, that maybe aren't really, you know, strong Christians that are following God. Maybe you're doing your own thing or whatever, and you're kind of just living by your own rules. But this is just another example about when you obey God, you are blessed. In this case, when people have or get married and then have children, what is the percentage? 86% of those people are either in the middle or the top earners in their generation for millennials. When you have children first and then 
you get married or don't not get married at all, 53% of those people are either in the middle tiers or the top tier earners for their generation. Now that is a 33% difference. But that also means that 47% of people that have kids before they're married are low income earners. They're in the low tax bracket. They're in, well, I guess they're in low tax bracket too, but they are in the lowest tier of earning. And this is just another great reminder for us that it is so much easier to live life obeying God than living in sin. And it even bears out, it plays out in finances and in our financial um, dealings and our future earnings that when you do things the way God has created us to do things it works out for you not just because the there's bad consequences for sin sin leads to death but it also comes with blessings when we obey God as well and that, that is kind of sad because we're trending away from doing that more and more, more and more people are having kids before they get married, especially millennials. Millennials are pushing off marriage farther and farther, which means they're going to be having sex outside of marriage and they're gonna have kids from that. And it's just causing more and more people to live in poverty and live in the lowest tier of the brackets because they're not obeying God and they're not doing what is right. And it's sad in that way. But it's also encouraging for us that are doing it the right way and that are living faithful lives, that God is going to bless us. And it's not going to happen overnight, but in the long term, the long play, that's where God is going to be blessing us in the long term. And then we're going to see the fruit of our labor of obedience over the long term as we become more successful. Now let's go out and be successful together. We'll talk to you tomorrow.